the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What did you say? Have a good show? That's very kind of you. Those words are important to me, folks, before each show. On occasion, he goes, have a lousy show. And uh, I, I rise above it, but so be it. Hello, everyone. I'm Dennis Prager. I hope you will read my column today. And I hope if you want to help fight... These are the little things that help. Just subscribe to my column. It's free. I'm not asking for money. I'm asking for your brain. Today I write five arguments against the proposition that America is a racist country. It was immediately picked up by Real Clear Politics, the site that takes what they consider the best columns in America from the left and the right. So you can get it at my website where you can sign up, get it at Town Hall, and an American Thinker takes it, Daily Wire takes it, and many other places, thank God, but not enough. To give you an example of what I mean by not enough, I just learned of the following. The University of Connecticut, the student government leaders resign because they are white. And as uh, one of them said, democracy simply doesn't work. It's the product of a college education and a high school education. Democracy doesn't work because it elected whites to the leadership of government there. So they're stepping, they're resigning because they're white. Wow. What if the Wright brothers had resigned because they were white? Just out of curiosity, how far does one take this? Should one not succeed? My friends, there is no parallel to this in the history of the world. The the self-suicide, well, that's redundant, the suicide of a nation, the self-destruction of a nation by those who have it best. And that's most people. Oprah Winfrey, one of the richest human beings on earth, is going to finance movies and other media for the New York Times lie about America that it was founded in 1619. NBA players will wear messages on instead of their names. I 
Remember how I told you everything the left touches, it ruins. The sports thing is very depressing. It really has deprived many of you. Um, I, I like sports, but some of you love sports. It has deprived you of the ability to enjoy a game without some message in the back. I wouldn't want a message I agreed with on the back of uniforms. I just want the names. I, I am passionate about supporting Hong Kong against the Chinese Communist takeover. But I, I wouldn't be for, for uniforms having support Hong Kong. If players want to support Hong Kong after the game, that's great. During the game, I, the only purpose is to play basketball. It's a cheap shot that you have people's attention, and then you use it. You abuse it for your cause. I just saw another police officer was shot to death in Seattle. A Fox News headline as I walked in. Are more innocent blacks killed by police or more innocent police killed by anybody? I'm not even saying blacks. The daughter of one of the officers just uh, murdered, I forgot what city. Was it, I don't remember the city. Sanchez, I believe, was the name. She wrote a moving tribute, I think on Facebook or, tw- or Twitter, I think, to her dad. Very touching, how much she loved him, was proud of him, and ended with hashtag blue lives matter. She was attacked. Remember, my friends, there is a great riddle here. Do bad people join the left, or does the left make decent people bad? And the answer is both. There's no question leftism makes people meaner. Ask the parents of leftist children. They'll, uh, They'll tell you. I couldn't let my dad see or my mom see their grandchildren. They're Trump supporters. That's uh, not uh, not rare. I mean, it's, it's not an everyday occurrence. I wish we had numbers, actually, for how, how often that happens. 1-8-Prager-776-877-243. Triple seven six. Well, that's what happens when you knock out the idea of colorblind as the ideal. The ideal was that color doesn't matter. Now the ideal is that color is everything. For whatever reason, it occurred to me today, one of the many responses to this white privilege argument is not to deny that there is some privilege or has been, I don't know if there is today, but there has been some privilege in being white. But my friends, life is composed of privileges and not privileges. I was thinking about it. I don't even know how it occurred to me. I have height privilege. Right? I, it, it's just the way it is. I don't have sports privilege. 
athletic privilege. There are people who have athletic privilege. If you wanted to play basketball, would you rather be a white without basketball talent or a black with basketball talent? I mean, you could ask that about anything. Would you rather be a, if you wanted to be an actor, would you rather be a black with acting talent or a white without acting talent? Isn't it obvious that the acting talent would trump the color, ta- the color talent, if you will? That's the way life is. They're just in, in, in enormous number. There's an enormous number of things that, that grant privilege to a human being. White is, is minuscule compared to the others. If you want to sing, would you rather be a black with a great voice or a white with a lousy voice? So you say, it is, it's a completely fair question because it, it would mean then that, yes, okay, white has privilege, but vo- voice trumps that. Voice privilege trumps white privilege. <laughs> God, the, the, the left are not, not only vile and destructive. They're not bright. I mean, these arguments are so unintellectual. If you white privilege has that woman ever debated anyone? Would she ever? No, of course not. Schools are going to start teaching white privilege in 1619. The brainwash against this country that will begin uh, early on. If you have to ask your school, will you be teaching white privilege to the students? Well, how about this? You're going to be devoting a semester to white privilege, or excuse me, what is it, white fragility. Would you devote an hour and a half to Uncle Tom? Hmm? Do they even know that there are dissenting black voices in America? Of course they don't know it. Part of the brainwash is omission, not just commission. Phone number here is 1-8-Prager-776. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. President Trump has a huge announcement for his top supporters. You will be celebrating the 2020 Republican National Convention this summer, and he wants you to enter for your chance to join him at the convention. If you win, the team will cover the flight, hotel, and give you VIP passes for yourself and a guest. All you have to do is text Prager to 88022 for your chance to meet President Trump at the convention. Again, that's P-R-A-G-E-R to 88022 to enter to win this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be his special guest. Paid for by Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated. Okay, all Dennis Prager here. Don't forget my article, Five Arguments Against America is Racist. One of my favorite of the arguments... One of my favorites is I didn't even realize I've always told you two million have come here in the last 50 years, two million black Africans. Actually, it's in the last 20 years. And another million blacks have come from the Caribbean. 
Now, why would people move to a racist country? Are Jews moving to Iran? Are Muslims moving to China? <laughs> I mean, we, we, li- we live with the absurd, the absurd as, as now normal, because it's such a, a, a good place where most people who work hard can truly aspire to the American dream, which is now, anyway, a fading notion, the American dream. The left has made it the American nightmare, led by the New York Times and CNN. And yes, George Soros, another $100 million. What is it? I want to look at the, the figure. To radical organizations. He's as close to evil as you can get in the nonviolent world. I wrote this many years ago. It is amazing to me that there are people who say, if you attack George Soros, it's anti-Semitic. That's be, it's, but there's no, there is nothing to which the, uh, the left would not stoop in, in making a case. To attack George George Soros, the the man was ethnically born a Jew. He has nothing to do with being Jewish. He's as far from he's further from Judaism than the the majority of evangelical Christians. God, do we live we live in a perverse world because of these people on the left? AOC was asked why there's so much crime. In New York. Ready? Do we think this has to do... Do we have it, by the way? Oh, we do. Let's play this. I guess it's always better to hear the person's voice. You have it, Sean? AOC here? On why this crime in New York, this massive surge of death by by murder? There's something about this uptick in crime. Let me make something super clear for everyone here having this question. The New York City Police Department has not been defunded. Um, Even with these budgetary changes that were proposed in city council, not even independent data, disproves what what they're all saying. So why is this uptick in crime happening? Well, let's think about it. Do we think this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? The fact that people are at a level of economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession? Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money. So you maybe have to, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. Um, Maybe it's the fact that unemployment provisions have not been given to everyone. Maybe it's because of the fact that people have, some people still haven't gotten their stimulus checks yet. That, That was a very good question, Mr. McConnell. If there were a reward room, like there is a punishment room, we would send you there. He asked me, if we ship bread to Chicago, will that end the murder spree? Yes, of course. Why we didn't think of it? I know why we didn't think of it. Because we're not on the left. 
See? Why is there an uptick in a vast uptick in Chicago and New York and Baltimore and so on? Why is there such a sharp uptick in murder? Because people need to shoplift bread. Now, why is she not laughed out of the public out of public life? Because the New York Times and the LA Times and the Washington Post protect her. Their task is not to report news, their task is to further left wing agendas. You realize how stupid what she said is? It's nothing to do with police pulling back. It has to do with lack of bread. But when you saw the shoplifters, I didn't notice that much bread. I I, I noticed you know, computers and, and other items. In fact, anything that one could grab. But loaves of bread, that takes up a lot of space. I don't, I don't, I don't think that was worth it. Well, I wanted you to hear it. Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child. They don't have money. So you maybe have to, they're put in a position where they feel like either they need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. The New York Post, fine, fine paper. Shoplifting is not what is plaguing New York City right now, and she knows it. Petty larcenies are down 7.8% for the year. Murders are up 23%. The number of shooting victims is up 70.4%. That is close to double, folks. These are not robberies by desperate people. They're gang-related, drug-related, gun-related. When a man is shot dead in a drive-by clutching the hand of a six-year-old daughter in a crosswalk, it is not about going hungry. On the July 4th weekend alone, 10 were killed, almost every one an African-American male. For this increase in bloodshed, AOC blames the New York City Police Department. Keep in mind that this uptick in crime that's happening right now is with a $6 billion New York City Police Department budget. We have shoved more and more and more money into the NYPD. It has not prevented this uptick in crime. That's just not true. The, the reason New York became such a safe city is in part, in large part, because of policing. Police stop crime. On the left, police increase crime. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show. Okay, everybody. I read to you last week a piece from City Journal that was, I hate to use the word because I don't want you to end up this way, but it was so depressing. I can't honestly say there's another adjective and angering the it opened my mind and i didn't think there was much left for me to understand 
but it opened my mind to something. The author cited someone else. I'm going to have the author on now. He's in Seattle. It's about what happened in Seattle, this course for whites given by the Seattle Office of Civil Rights. And he cites this other writer as saying it's a cult. That was the perfect term for the left. It is a cult. That's why any veering from the doctrine is destroyed. That is why children are alienated from parents. Exactly the characteristics of a cult. The author of this very important piece is Christopher Rufo, who is a fellow at the Manhattan Institute and the Discovery Institute. Two of the reasons to have hope for this country. And uh, Christopher, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. It's great to be with you. Before anything else, what is it like to be in Seattle? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, it, it, it's it's a bit of an interesting period because uh, on the surface, Seattle is totally shut down. You have stores downtown that are boarded up. You have restaurants and shops that are empty. Uh, most people are staying indoors. Uh, but under the surface, there is a tremendous political ferment and the activists of the progressive movement, of the socialist movement, and of the kind of Antifa paramilitary movement have realized that in this vacuum of normal activity, uh, they can seize on all of their longstanding goals. So we've seen a tremendous chaos and upheaval of physical danger for residents. Um, so it is a period where I think they're capitalizing on the quiet and the uh, kind of stillness of the coronavirus shutdown uh, in order to cause chaos in the streets. Do you, do you sense that there is among most residents a deep worry about their city? I, I do. I think that it's starting to dawn on them that uh, I think for many years, uh, Seattle voters have put, been putting kind of hyper-progressives and even out-and-out kind of Marxist socialists uh, in office, uh, almost with a kind of tongue-in-cheek attitude, almost with a sense of irony, that we like that they're saying all of this kind of rabble-rousing, uh, you know, sloganeering, and, and fighting these abstract fights on these big issues. Uh, but we know that at the end of the day, the responsible folks in Seattle uh, will kind of tamp down any of the most extreme elements. Um, that's gone. Uh, all of the barriers, all of the uh, kind of safety mechanisms in Seattle's politics uh, have been blown up and abandoned. And the moderate faction that felt like it was in control, that it was the ultimate uh, arbiter of authority, uh, they've essentially gone into hiding. And I think a lot of people are scared right now. The city council in the next a few days is going to be voting on cutting the police budget by 50 percent. And I think a lot of those kind of old-time liberals uh, who uh, may support the, the rhetoric of this movement are actually starting to understand the reality of this movement. Uh, and I think people are, are terrified not only of what's happening uh, on the streets and in City Hall, 
but are also terrified to speak out uh, because we've seen just tremendous uh, intimidation, threats, uh, and bullying of anyone who stands in their way. You think it'll translate itself at the ballot box? You know, I, I've, I'm always an optimist, and I've been optimistic that that will happen uh, for many years now. But what we've seen is that in moments of crisis, in moments of turmoil, in moments that there would be a reckoning, um, what happens is that the, the political class, the kind of progressive activist infrastructure, always doubles down. And in their calculation, uh, if... All right, hold it there. Hold. Remember the words in their calculation. (laughs) I figured out a way to uh, continue a thought when we have to take a break. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Christopher Rufo is with two fantastic groups, Manhattan Institute and Discovery Institute. You live in Seattle, is that correct? That's correct. So I asked you, will the realization that Seattle is being destroyed by the left have an impact on the fools who call themselves Democrats in your overly, overwhelmingly Democratic city? Yeah, I, I think there is a really interesting dynamic that holds true for Seattle and also holds true uh, for all of the progressive large West Coast cities. Uh, it's that I, I think the majority opinion, I mean, I think the majority of Seattle voters don't want to defund the police by 50 percent. According to polling data, the majority of Seattle voters uh, want to take a more zero tolerance policy towards homelessness. Uh, so on the issues, Seattle voters are actually fairly moderate as far as municipal government. But the problem is that the majority sentiment has no means of translating itself into political power. And what's happened is that all well, of why, I, I, why, wait, wait, what happened to the concept of elections? This is the thing, is that you have very well-organized, very disciplined, kind of full-time activists that are representing all of the most extreme interests, whether it's the Marxist-Leninist political party socialist alternative that can deploy hundreds of activists to the streets, or it's the progressive uh, kind of democratic socialist movement, or the kind of more extreme unions. And what you see is the actual political infrastructure represents the most progressive views and can really just use that political power uh, to win council elections. Uh, No, again, all right, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not following. Uh, I don't care how many uh, great activists they have. If the majority of voters in Seattle vote these uh, communists out of power, then they're voted out of power. Do they not vote? Do see? Do see? Do 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 non Marxists not vote in Seattle? I'm I'm sorry, I don't follow. Sure, I'll, I'll try to explain the dynamics. So it, it's really that um, it's really a candidate by candidate election, and I'll, I'll give you an example that I think will illustrate it. Uh, the the most extreme council member, Shama Sawant, who has advocated for the overthrow of the uh, United States and capitalism in favor of the revolution, um, you know, the, the political kind of old guard and the business community put in a tremendous amount of resources into a candidate to try to defeat her, uh, but she simply out-organized, out-hustled, and, and, and relied on the kind of activists to push a narrative, and she ended up winning. So 
you don't have the bench, you don't have the candidates, you don't have the infrastructure uh, to right. challenge but, these okay, people. Okay, you're, you're right. Decision. You don't have any of that. You you either do or don't have the votes. Infrastructure, schminfrastructure. If they don't have the votes, you don't win. So obviously, the average liberal doesn't give a damn if Marxists win. Otherwise, they'd vote them out. I don't understand why what I said is not accurate. No, I, I would agree with that. And I think that that's really the, the, the paradox. And I think that up until now, uh, the Marxist candidates have been uh, almost kind of the, the token or kind of an ironic manifestation of Seattle's politics. But I think you're starting to see that these these Marxists are actually going to do what they've said they're going to do. And I, I do hope and uh, that if, if, you know, all of the extreme policies get put into place, uh, things will shift dramatically and there will be kind of a reemergence of the center-left vote. Center-left. The center-left enables the far-left to win. The center-left are, are cowards. Okay, th- all right, anyway, I'm, I'm yelling at you like you're responsible. Forgive me. Uh, I want to go back to your article, your article about the cult-like atmosphere. You went to a, a civil rights uh, commission in Seattle. Did you actually go to the meeting? No, I didn't. I filed a, a Freedom of Information request to get the materials from the meeting. Is there, did they, you write here, the trainers claim that individualism, perfectionism, intellectualization, and objectivity are all vestiges of internalized racial oppression. Is that is that accurate? That's accurate. It comes from a, a chart that they say in, these are manifestations of internalized racial oppression, and then they list those items and more. So uh, I hope everybody listening understands that the, tr- the word objectivity means truth. It's a synonym of truth. Truth is a is a white supremacist notion. Is that correct? I mean, I don't believe that, but yeah, that is what they're claiming. Uh, and I, I think it's really an attempt to demolish all of the certainties and all of the uh, institutions of the current society that they can remake in a kind of new utopia. Wow. Objectivity, individualism. What prompted you to file the Freedom of Information Act? And why is that the only way to get something that a public commission publishes? Well, it's, uh, you know, I had a tip uh, from someone inside Seattle city government forwarded me an email where the Office of Civil Rights was saying, we invite all white-only employees to attend this training on undoing their whiteness. Uh, and once I saw that, I knew it was just the tip of the iceberg. And uh, I filed the request and received a, a trove of documents and materials. Uh, they're still not telling me the names of the people who ran the training or the budget for the training. Should be getting those in the next few weeks. Uh, but I knew that something was going on beneath the surface. And Dennis, I think it's important for you and your listeners to understand, this isn't a anomaly. Uh, The city of Seattle has put thousands of employees through these trainings, uh, and the vendors who conduct these trainings uh, are really all over the country. That's right. I know, I know, I know. Listen, I'm going to have you on again. You're doing very important work, and I thank you for it. 
Thanks for having me on. We'll be back in a moment. Objectivity is a white supremacist term. We're in trouble. The Dennis Prager Show. All right, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Got a lot of important calls, I must say, here. Yep. Omaha, Nebraska. E.K., hello. Hey, Dennis. Listen, you talked a couple of days ago about a well-known Hollywood actress who was getting basically hate mail and about to be canceled because her husband is a Trump supporter. No, her her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. The reason that these people want to cancel someone like that is because they truly believe the lies about Trump, that he's a racist, a Nazi, anti-Semite, sexist, and all of that. They really, really believe I know they the do. lies that are propagated yes, by the mainstream media. That's correct. And, and I can understand if you... So let me ask you a that. question. If, if, if this woman were dating a, uh, a Republican conservative senator, you don't think they would have the same reaction? And Absolutely, not, because they cast all... So, exactly, exactly, that is right. As, as people to be hated and That's to be right. destroyed, as, That's as opposed correct. to be just disagreed with. That is One correct. other quick thing, Dennis, I mentioned to your screener, you have to have Angela Stanton on your show. If you're not familiar with her, have the living martyr, look her up. She is running for a congressional seat in Georgia. She is a conservative Republican who supports Trump and is against all of this left-wing nonsense that's going on. She's very articulate, and she's destroyed the people at the Breakfast Club when she was on it. So please have All her right. on. All right. Bless you, E.K. Thank you kindly. Uh, yes, it's a, thank you for the call. Jennifer in the Newtown Square, Pennsylvania. Hello. Hi, Dennis. Hi. Hi. Um, yes, so I'm calling because I've been listening uh to everyone talk about, um, you know, diversity and how it's going to be um, introduced or, you know, like white privilege and being pushed into schools a little bit more. Um, in our school district recently, there's been a group that's formed and they're focused on diversity, um, equity, and inclusion. And, you know, that sounds great. Um, my concern is just for our kids and, um, you know, what they're going to be teaching them going forward. And I'm just keeping an eye on what's going on in, in all the Facebook groups and, um, emails from the school board, and um, the main reason I'm calling is just to see if you have any advice on um, fighting back when things come up that, you know, are getting pushed. Um, right. Uh, my my view right line. now, my view is that the schools are, are hopeless and worthless, worse than worthless. They actually damage children. So you have to you have to find it very simple. Are you going to be teaching uh, the, the uh, uh, white uh what is it? Not white the privilege. Uh, white fragility. Will you be teaching oh, yeah. Howard Zinn? And will you be having um, the uh, Drag Queen Story Hour? If any of those three are true, don't go to the school. 